Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Amy Bailey, and today I have a special guest. I have Tabitha Scott with me. She's an international speaker and author. Welcome, Tabitha. Hey, thanks, Amy, for having me today. I'm so excited for you to share all your knowledge. I think you have a really interesting perspective um, just with your background. So go ahead and share with our listeners uh, your bio and kind of what your background is in. Sure. I am born and raised from Kentucky, but I've lived in Nashville the last 15 years. And my education, the undergrad was in finance, and then I've got a couple master's degrees in bank management and um, an MBA. But in 2004, my life came, really started focusing on accelerating the adoption of renewable energy because I love nature and animals and I was frustrated with all the health issues our pollution creates. Yeah, so you went from finance to energy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It was one of those where um, I was working in, in the financial sector in IT and um, had some great success and thought, you know, success is great, but what does it really mean? And this great mentor said, you know, figure out what you're passionate about and then figure out how to get paid for it. So that's exactly what I did. I led sustainability and innovation for two global companies and uh, helped develop the world's largest solar array um, as one of the things that, that we got out there into the world. So it was exciting. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my goodness. So recently you, go ahead. It it was interesting because um, my my foray into renewable energy and professional certifications that went along with that, like the energy engineers certifications um, on one side helped me with the science because I thought logically, you know, I'm a logical thinker um, like a lot of medical professionals. And yet spiritually um, I was raised in a Christian home and I was, um, I understood spirituality and, I play piano by ear, for example. So how does that happen if there's no um, if there's no spirit, if there's nothing else out there? So it's balancing the science brain and the spiritual brain. And I also have a um, hundred hours of human biofield training from the medical sector, um, as well as completed a practicum in human energy. So it's just this interesting perspective on energy. And as you know, from quantum science, we are energy. That's it. Um, so we can tap into it at any time to recharge, to stay positive. I don't think many people are in touch with that side of themselves. So I think you recognizing that within yourself and then foraging forward to figure out how to study it. You know, I didn't always recognize it. And I reached this point of burnout along the way. Um, kind of my story and and the way that I morphed into a book that's getting ready to come out in in just a few days is that um, I wanted to share the lessons that I learned about feeling burned out and feeling stress 
with the women and the people that listen to your podcast, because we all can relate to setting our own unrealistic expectations, our work-life balance, trying to fix things that are outside of our control, trying to stay true to our family's traditions, but explore our own way, trying to fit in, but trying to stand out. And you know, burnout, um, it's, it's so dang prolific that it was, it was named by the World Health Organization in 2019 as a syndrome. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, I felt <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's staggering. And, and I reached a point of burnout a few years ago from circumstances I think a lot of your listeners may relate to, like my children had incurable disorders. One had narcolepsy and one had a knee condition that had to have many, many surgeries just to, to bind his legs together to be able to walk normally. Another um, thing was dealing with divorce after decades. Um, another pressure was a job where um, I was dealing with sustainability and the environment, and that can be a polarizing topic here in the Southeast because a lot of people don't share that same passion. Empty nesting and even a cancer scare where you know we found some tissue and a mammogram, and three weeks later, half my breasts were gone. Wow. So you know. These are things that women deal with, you know? This is real life right here. I mean, you just touched on so many things that we all deal with. It, it is. And you know what? We, we all share that sense of accommodation. It's part nurture. It's part nature. And um, we want to please everyone all the time. And upon reaching that point of burnout, and this is why I want to help others not get to this point to avoid burnout and recharge in a positive way first, um, I quit my well-paying job. I gave away most of my things. And I went to live in Costa Rica near the jungle for three months. <laughs> now and you're my hero right now. <laughs> but you don't have to do that. Uh, I, I just learned. We, we need a change sometimes in our lives. And it was interesting because I realized I'd been getting shut on for a very long time. And what I mean by that is you should do this. You should do that. And I, I named it the should monster. Yeah. We all have it in our lives. And it's like I should live up to the religious values ingrained in me as a child. I should be a perfect mom. I should stay fit. I should be an influential executive. I should make a difference in the world. You know, I came to realize all of these harmful effects by trying to please all of those shoulds. And, you know, your listeners could ask themselves, what is this should monster saying in my life? You know, what am I saying to myself? And how can I stop letting everybody should on me all the time? Yeah. Is that how people recognize burnout when they feel like they've got too many shoulds on them? It's definitely a cause of burnout. And what's happening energetically is it's an energetic attack, if you will. If someone is attacking you physically, it's really easy to see because they're drawing back their hand to hit you or they're screaming at you. And so we can consciously deal with that. And what happens with energetic attacks, like even the coronavirus has been a huge impact on our energy levels. Um, you can't see it, but you can certainly feel it. You know, you can feel it in positive and negative directions. It's that sick feeling in your gut you get when something's wrong or when that person's talking to you that just drains 
the life out of you. And it's also the happy feeling you get, you know, when you're blowing out the candles on a birthday cake or when your favorite team takes the field or you're so consumed in something that time just passes and you don't even realize it. So how do people recognize this within themselves? I think we're just so busy doing that we don't take time to like sit back and really recognize how we're feeling, what, what our body and soul even need. Yeah, yeah. I wrote this book, Trust Your Animal Instincts. And the purpose of it is that other women don't have to reach this serious point of burnout. They don't have to take a trip across the world and seclude themselves. Um, I was able to reconnect to my intuition, and I call it the inner owl, and uh, recharge to that center of joy that we were talking about just a second ago. Because we're all made of energy, we can tap into it from anywhere at any time. And that was the biggest transformation for me, that I didn't have to be a religious leader. I didn't have to be a fancy guru. I didn't have to sit with cross legs and, and meditate in a certain way. Everybody accesses their intuition differently. And our dreams, maybe it's a rush of energy in the belly when you see someone for the first time. Um, maybe you hear something, maybe you keep seeing numbers over and over or, you know, billboards, you, you notice a certain bird. Um, everyone's intuition speaks differently. And the way to tap into it is to find things that you feel positive about that bring you joy, because those are high vibrational things like love, compassion, um, caring. Those things give you more positivity. So do more of them. And do less of the things that drain you and stress you out, like listening to the news <laughs> or, you know, thinking about things outside of your control. If you can't fix it, shed it. Just let it go. That sounds so easy. You know, just focus on, on the things that bring us joy. But it really is a hard practice. And we have to honestly be ready for it, I think, sometimes. Yeah, it is a hard practice. But, you know, one of the things that I have people do in a workshop setting is just make a simple list on a sticky note and put it on your mirror for the morning or the evening or put it next to your um, workstation and list out the things that amplify your energy. Like for me, it could be playing music, doing art. It could be going on a hike, riding my bicycle. What jazzes you up? And remind yourself when you're feeling off balanced, when you start getting stressed, go back to your list and just pick any one thing on there. Because if you can at least neutralize yourself, get back into a little bit better place, it's going to prevent burnout. So what led you to wanting to share your story and write a book? Like what got you to that point? I think what led me to that point was just reflecting on asking what what should I do with my life? How can I help others at this point? And I have such a passion for helping other women, especially. I think um, women sometimes don't help each other as much as maybe they could. And um, it's important to me to be that person that says, you know what, I have not led a perfect life. I screw up three times before breakfast. And here's what I did. I bet you've done some of them too. And guess what? We're still amazing. And give yourself a break. And um, sharing what I've learned from an energetic perspective. So 
it takes the religion out of it. It takes the belief system out of it. It uses science. You know, it's just about high vibration, low vibration. So it's a different way of looking at some of the things that you've heard through other channels that actually reinforces most religions. It doesn't conflict with them. Mm -hmm. I like that you throw the science into it. A lot of my listeners are health professionals and they're going to, they want logic and they want studies and things to make sense. So I think having that background that you have in science is really helpful to people to see how energy really is, goes back to like the laws of science. Yeah, it's interesting talking about the laws of science. And if you look at like the coronavirus, for example, the increased negative forces created by that really affect our energy in a number of ways. Like maybe it makes you feel anxious after reading about um, the number of new cases, or maybe you worry about those around you or, um, you know, there are all sorts of things that create lower vibrations about that disorder. You know, they say that PTSD will be worse for coronavirus than for an event like a hurricane or a tornado because nobody sees an end in sight. Right. And therefore, it's psychologically, energetically um, more distracting for us. And if you think about... Um, all of those low vibrational things going on around us, then it's like the second law of thermodynamics. As pressure is applied to our system, it becomes disorderly. And you've got to release that energy somehow. So you go from higher vibration or, or warmer to colder. Um, and there's all sorts of examples in science like that. You think about the term frozen in fear. Mm. You know, if, if our lives are considered our energetic balances, water, then if we get too wound up, we need to blow off steam. You know, think about these terms in our language. Or if you get um, too concerned by the risk, you can't get into action. You literally become frozen in fear. And, you know, Einstein said energy can't be created or destroyed. It just changes from one form to the other. And so that's what's happening with your positive state is changing from a high vibration to a lower one. And you have to realize that and grab your little list of things that you like to do and, you know, try to reset it, reset it. Yeah. Which, like you said, this pandemic, I mean, I think we all thought in the beginning, oh, this will be a couple of weeks. And here we are four months, five months in, and we don't see an end yet. So grabbing that list, we have to do it a lot. We have to keep putting that positive into our lives. You do. And there are some ways that you can protect yourselves as well. For example, I worked with some of the um, ER team members at uh, one of the local hospitals when the pandemic first came out because there was just so much uncertainty and negativity. And one of the techniques I gave them was to put a invisible shield around yourself, literally just imagine an invisible shield. And the chaos, the anxiety, the pressures from the threats just slip around you on all sides. And literally that visualization, since we're made of energy, then as we think things into creation, it, you know, it, it manifests them energetically. So it's okay that we can't see a physical shield around us. All we have to do is imagine it and let those things slip by. 
I think that can apply to us, not even in the pandemic, but other times in our lives. I mean, as mothers or as women, we take on, we're empaths, I think, for a lot of us by nature. And so we tend to take on so much and feel so much that other people are feeling. So I like that analogy of the shield. The shield is great. And, and another way to, to recharge once you do feel lower is to think about something you're grateful for. Think about, and on my website, powering-potential.com, if you go to the workshops, I've got some free worksheets that people can um, have gratitude journaling. There are all of the things that we're talking about, how to get into high vibration. Those are all free. I just want to help people understand how to stay positive right now. But your brain literally, and as medical professionals, you know, you can't think about gratitude and be stressed out at the exact same time. Yeah. And can't do both. Um, so, so that's a great way. And then the power of belief. If you believe you feel better, if you believe you can do things, there's all sorts of studies on the placebo effect um, and how if you believe something, that shifts everything psychologically for you. So those are things in addition to, you know, balancing your energetic field, which to me, as someone that's done electrical energy, you're just connecting electrical circuits. So this study of ancient Reiki and Hopi Indian techniques and the Far Eastern techniques, um, it seems so mystical, but my logical brain says, you know what, they're just connecting electrical circuits. That's all there is to it because we're made of electricity and we have little electricity centers called chakras. And um, you just close loops, you know, with your hands by placing them in different areas and recharge the circuits. So um, it's, it's nothing hokey. It's just basic electrical science. Yeah. And I think we forget that. We forget we're made up of energy. And sometimes we feel like things are further outside of our grasp when healing is within our grasp. It is. And in, in various religions or texts um, and many different types of religions, you read about miracles and healing. And um, those things often involve, um, you know, touching someone or laying hands on someone and you're literally transferring energy, you know, back and forth. So it's really interesting how over the years, a lot of different religions have, um, they've explained to us in a way that we can understand this electrical phenomenon of quantum science. Yeah, and I think we're missing a lot of that human touch right now. So do you feel like us laying our own hands on ourselves can help during this? Yeah. Absolutely. And if you think about, um, think about the major areas that you have like ankles and knees and hips, basically your main joints. And if you put a hand on each of those joints, like your knee and your ankle at the same time, or your knee and your hip at the same time, um, that's all you have to do to, to create an electrical circuit and recharge yourself. And if you can't, you know, touch your um, elbow and your wrist at the same time, it's okay. Just imagine that you're touching it. I used to fly to London all the time for work overnight, and I would lie on the plane and imagine, you know, connecting those different joints with my hands. And that's equally as powerful 
as doing it on your own. And it also explains the power of prayer over the years. You're literally thinking positive energy and you're thinking of what you want to happen. You want someone to feel better. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, you know, that's how it manifests. Yeah. And we think of like high level athletes, they do mental practice before the Olympics or a meet or whatever to enhance their performance. So there is, there's plenty of studies on that. Absolutely. And where our mind goes, the energy follows. So if you find that you have an imbalance in your energetic field, then it might take three or four weeks before your ankle swells up or, you know, something happens with your physicality, it will follow your energetic state. So just like you said, it's what you're imagining is going to happen that is really important. And then believing it, truly believing it. If you're constantly believing, I'm never going to get another job, I'm, you know, then you probably won't um, because you actually believe it and your reality will manifest around that. Yeah. So even taking the time to write down or envision what we want for our lives is helpful. Absolutely. That's, that's so important. Amy, I like to call it the life game and people stress themselves out about, um, what am I going to do for the future? And they don't know because they can't think about, um, I want to be a physical therapist for the rest of my life. Maybe they would change their mind. So I say pick a life game for the short term. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's three years. My current life game is helping people find their personal potential mm. and then change it, you know, if it's not working out for you. Yeah. And I also suggest backing into it kind of backwards. Start with what you want to happen at the end versus I'm going to take all these courses, you know, to, to get there, which is what we think of. I'm, uh, in our planning and in our goal setting, I'm saying start at the end. I want to help as many women and people as I can not be burned out <laughs> and to learn from my mistakes. Um, and then how can I get there? Well, I could write the story down. I could do a workshop. I could give away time to talk on podcasts or, or to reach others. So, you know, I say start backwards with the end in mind. Don't stress yourself out with thinking about forever. Just think of what do I want to do this year and then make it freaking fun. Cause if it's not fun, nobody's going to do it. No, I love that. You're giving people permission kind of to enjoy their life instead of fearing 20 years down the road. Yeah. And we have to give permission to ourselves to enjoy our life. I think so many women, especially we just, we're martyrs for everyone and for ourselves. And we take all of it on and we try to carry it all ourselves. And um, guess what? It's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is like how we recognize that. How do we not get to that point of just, I guess, the burnout or, you know, whatever. I think that's the hardest thing for me to to relay, I guess, to the audience, you know, we want to hit them sooner rather than later. Is it asking, are you feeling joy in your life right now? Is that a method or? Yeah, I think what is an easier way to start recognizing it is start trying to, when you are feeling down in any way, which usually you'll feel something right in your solar plexus, right in the middle of your gut, people will say, I, I feel sad. And well, where, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
when you feel any of those things, try to think what happened right before that? What's the trigger for that? Is that someone saying something to you? Is that something outside of your control? And um, one of my biggest lessons, I kept asking, you know, for guidance, I kept asking my intuition, what should I do about this job? What should I do about certain situations? And it just kept adding more stress because I was putting out, you know, to the universe, what should I do and reinforcing that I didn't know. Mm. And I kept getting answers. Um, Unfortunately, I kept seeing snakes um, randomly along the road on my bike rides. And my friends started joking around. We all kept Googling for answers. And bottom line, we figured out that um, it meant shed your skin because snakes shed their skin for two reasons. One is they can't grow into what they're supposed to be. They're literally confined by it until they get rid of it and let it go. The other is parasites get in their skin and it can harm them over time. I did not so, Yeah. So listeners think about, you know, what parasites are in your life and it could be your own negative self-talk, but shed that skin, you know, get rid of it. (laughs) I love that. That's the most important thing that we can do to recognize it, I think, is instead of feeling frustrated that we don't know the answers or that we can't control things, just practice, practice, practice. Why am I feeling down right now? Why am I feeling off? And then shed it, just let it go. And it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. You have to be open for change. You do. And it's interesting though, the more you practice it and the more you can make life a game, the easier it is. And what I mean by that is I might be in a stressful meeting at work and um, if it is getting so stressful to the point that um, you know I'm starting to get defensive or frustrated, then literally I make it a game and I say, I'm going to put on the CEO's hat right now. What would I say if I were CEO in this situation? And when you shift your mind into a different energy, mm-hmm. now you're not thinking defensively. You're, not, you're literally using that energy that's coming at you Um, you're responding from a different place so it doesn't get to you. Yeah. It's all about mindset. It really is. It is. And um, the momentum that people have, I know a lot of people get wound up about social media, for example. Um, They might see a political post that is opposite of their feelings, or, you know, maybe someone has accused them of something on social media and I like to say, do your own like energetic judo with that. And um, don't try to just respond back because what happens is you cancel each other's energy out, like the third law of motion, um, equal and opposite reaction. And it's just a waste of everybody's time. So you take their energy and ask a question, a sincere question, not a smart ass question. (laughs) But, um, you know, say, well, how do you think we could do a better job of solving that problem? And often what you'll see happen is it just redirects their energy. So they're still blasting through, but you haven't taken a hit. You haven't hit them and they can redirect their energy somewhere else. And guess what? Sometimes you might even get a good answer out of it. Yeah. I love that. And it's just being open to doing that, you know, and to not getting drawn in again. Yeah. 
You're right. And I think, I think a lot of, of women as well, we create barricades over time when we have things that happen to us and we want to just wall off and protect our heart and we want to protect our energy and our emotions. And so we build these big barricades to keep people out. But you know what happens is we can't get um, our love out and we can't let any in. In exchange and so when I say imagine an invisible shield it's really important that you use a shield because shields are things that warriors take into battle and they put it up when they need it and then they put it away when they're done and so it's really important to realize um, I can protect myself for a moment but I'm gonna stay open to love I'm gonna give love because it's kind of like a magic penny right love is um, like a magic penny because the more you give it away, the more you end up getting in return. And um, you don't want to wall that off. I'm so glad you said that because I was envisioning like a bubble around myself that just kind of carried around, but you're right. You have to be able to bring it out when you need it, but put it down and be open. Yeah. Put it, put it back away. And it's really important I know a lot of us are logic minded. And so talking about things like feelings or energy, it seems a little hokey, you know, pokey, hocus pocus. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, remembering that it's science because we are electrical beings. It's really important to say to to validate. It is important that I feel this. It is important that I acknowledge that I am feeling sad right now. And that's one of the thing as a professional woman, um, you know, I was taught, you never let them see you sweat. Don't, they'll think you're too vulnerable. You know, don't be all female. (laughs) Yes. I think a lot of women are taught that. Yeah. So we suck it up and um, we soldier on and you don't take time to feel any of it. And that's another big cause of burnout is you don't let the steam off as you go and it ends up blowing up at some point. So don't do that. Let little bits of steam out and acknowledge them along the way. Yeah. I think that goes back to that should monster you were talking about. We should almost present ourselves as professional men, even when we're women. Absolutely. And it's funny. It took me years to come up with a way of explaining that should monster concept. And one of my friends that's a psychologist said, you know, um, you should name that phenomenon because in psychology or in counseling, we're taught if people have an addiction or if people are struggling with a certain behavior to name it and then they can recognize it. Mm -hmm. And so it was, then I started, you know, asking other people that were in counseling and um, then I'm like, what do you name it? You know, (laughs) So now the should monster, and it seems to be easy for people to remember, and um, yeah, nobody wants to be should on. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to remember it now. Yeah, I'm going to catch myself (laughs) when those little bits are coming at me like, "Uh uh-uh, you know? And you will totally start to recognize when people say like, well, you should get Mm -hmm. back in the gym, or you should be home more, or you should, you know, really? And you can start to depersonalize it. And that was the hardest thing for me. I was raised in a very, um, a very conservative Christian environment um, to the point where even rock and roll music was bad. You know, it was a very conservative environment. And learning to place the shoulds 
into the should monster instead of, oh, I'm disappointing my mom and dad if I don't do this, or I'm disappointing the church if I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like now I don't care about, if I can place it on the should monster and go, that's a should monster thing. It's a lot easier for me to say, what does Tabitha actually think about this? Is this something that's going to help me? Or is this something that I'm doing to please everybody else? And that's where we get into burnout trouble because we want to just be accommodators and please and make sure everyone's happy. But, you know, put that, put that stuff on the should monster and think about your values and what you need to do. And that's exhausting too. It's so exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> they call it burnout. Like you just yeah. get to a point and you can't keep doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but it allows us to critically think what we need as humans, not just what the world needs, but what we truly need. That's right. And I don't think people spend a lot of time thinking about what they need. And that's a good practice that we can do to stay healthier, to stay more positive, is when when you're running and you feel happy or you're walking down the street or you're at a river or you're, you know, seeing a bird outside your window, anytime you feel happy, anytime you get goosebumps, you know, think, what am I doing at this moment? Is that a singer, you know, that inspired these? Is that a great feeling that someone gave me with a compliment? And then focus on, hey, those are the things that I need to stay positive. Yeah, just recognizing the little things, the things that we just blow right past. Yeah, because that's what makes up our day and ultimately our lives are all the little things and all those little habits. You know, I did a lot of work in the energy sector on behavior change. And what I learned was you can read all the textbooks in the world about how to be green, but nobody's going to do it unless you can use effective behavior change techniques. Um, 99% of what we do every day is a habit. And so thinking about if I want to be more positive with exercising, don't put the gym upstairs. Don't put the barbells, you know, in the spare bedroom, put them next to your desk, you know, and you get on a boring call, do it during your call, you know, make it stinking easy for you because otherwise you're not going to change your habit. If you want to play your guitar more, set it next to, you know, the refrigerator and you're going to see it and have to move it. Yeah. So the easier you can make it and the easier you can make positive changes in your life, the more likely you are to actually do them. I love the practical suggestions too. just make things easy. Yeah. And um, make it hard to do the habits that you don't want to do as much of. Like one of the insulators to hearing your intuition is, um, is like, eating too much junk food. You know, you feel like it feels so good in the minute, but it feels so sleepy after. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, for me, I might have a really rough day. And so I want to have a couple glasses of wine. And if I end up getting in a habit of, oh, geez, now I can't unwind until I have, you know, a drink every night, then don't, don't put it in the house for a week. You know, don't buy it at the grocery. So the things that you don't want to change just like don't put it in your house make make yourself have to go walk to get it yeah. and that will also help diminish the habits that you need to watch i love how in tune you are though 
you know, just I've noticed that this glass or two of wine is what I need to unwind. I think so many people just don't recognize those little signals. You know, it's interesting because everything about our lives, because we're energetic beings, is just like tuning into a radio station or a TV station. And, and let me ask you in, in your lives, what are you tuning into? Here's an example. When I do workshops in the workplace, I ask people, who are you tuning into at work? Who are you listening to, especially leaders, for example? Are you listening to the guy that's the loudest on your team? Are you listening to the bully? Are you listening to the person that's most like you, you know, that you're friends with? Are you listening to the funniest personality? Are you listening to your boss? And when we start tuning in on what we are listening to and how we are screening out the world around us, we can have some real aha moments that I'm missing stuff. What about the quiet lady that sits at the pod next to the funny guy? that you know has three degrees in science and we never ask her a question what about the young woman i learned this when i was working in london with a lot of women of different faiths that in their culture it is disrespectful to answer a question unless they are directly addressed and asked the question it's disrespectful to speak up if their boss is in the room because it's not proper and they were being completely looked over because nobody knew that about their culture and so how are you tuning in and are you getting all the information you should be getting? Wow. That's powerful right there. I'm sure it's we can do it. More yeah. Powerful. And you think about discrimination or you think about, you know, we have subconscious discrimination and that is a way to track it back to say, you know, what am I watching? What am I tuning into? Who am I listening to? Yeah. Yeah. That's so practical. What, when is the book coming out? Do we have a date? The, we have the launch date of August 19th. It will probably be up on Amazon um, a couple weeks earlier. But to be safe, we'll say August 19th. Okay, that's awesome. So is there anything else from the book that you might want our listeners to know? I think the most important thing about the book is that it gives you a way to reconcile you don't have to be spiritual or scientific you don't have to be logical or emotional i think as women we are kind of trained that um if you're an emotional woman you should be this way or that way um the, here's a little excerpt um that, that gives you an example of that from the book it says you know from the conservative upbringing and from other suburban moms it, I felt like, like these things. I heard a lot of, you should be a good girl. You know, follow tradition. Don't ask too many questions along the way. Submit to your husband and obey the religious rules defined thousands of years ago. And by all means, do it with grace, humility, and beauty. Strive to be appropriate, acceptable, agreeable, and normal. Keep up with the latest at the kids' schools in the neighborhood with the faith community, and you really should wear a more attractive ladylike pair of heels instead of those comfy shoes. For goodness sake, it's important to look fashionable. Bless your heart. <laughs> then there's the other side that I was dealing with all the time at work, and it was a progressive executive. You know, you should be a powerful leader. You made it to CEO by the age of 30. 
and a senior executive at two global companies the next decade. So we're expecting more from you. Mm. We're counting on you to suck it up. Never let them see you weak. Never let them see you do anything but outperform, inspire, compete, be strong, and lead. Be that mentor for other women who want success. Push those boundaries, drive the business forward, and ditch that twangy Southern accent because it does not serve you in the boardroom or behind the podium. Keep up with the latest economic trends, the energy sector, and global trade policies. And for God's sakes, polish those damn shoes before you return to the Pentagon. You're working with the top brass now, and it's important to look the part. So you see these clashing worlds of a Southern conservative mom and a hard-charging progressive executive, it just made it feel impossible to make everyone happy, including myself. So no matter what shoes I was wearing at the time, like nothing seemed to fit expectations. And and I think that's something every woman can relate to. I was just thinking that every woman can relate to that, no matter what their role is. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I'm saying through the book is you don't have to be all those things to all those people. We're made of energy as a child when you were doing the things you love to do and you were so deep into play that your mom had to call you in for dinner and you had completely lost track of time. You have that joy and that capacity to recharge inside of you right now. And anybody can ignite at any time. Um, in a very positive way. So that's the passion around the book. And I'm not doing it. um, I'm not doing it for notoriety. I'm not doing it for an agenda of any sort. Um, The reason I'm doing is, is to help other people learn from my mistakes, to share with them what helped me through my transformation. And my prayer is that it will touch someone and help them Um, to feel better, to not reach that point of burnout, and to just stay positive with all the stuff going on around us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mic drop right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's going to be so fun. There's so many places where um, I think you're going to laugh and go, is this nerd for real? And then... (laughs) times. Um, you know, I, I talk about getting baby mice on a sticky pad stuck in my hair, you know, um, all kinds of crazy things that happen, but um, also the science behind it and um, some gut-wrenching, sorrowful moments thinking through, you know, everything that happened with my sons and their illnesses and the past and just kind of allowing myself to feel um, as a woman, everything that happened and say like, it is okay to feel this. And now let's leave it in the jungle. Let's let it go. Do you have another book in you? Are you already thinking about another book? I would actually love to do one uh, more on the business side about how people get into energy. I do work with, um, the S curve and some European models based on systems theory and, we're energized in different way at work. Some people love inventing and creating at the beginning of the S curve and others are very risk averse and they are great at stabilizing and protecting like powerful brands. So um, I think if, if, if I did another book, it would be around business, you know, having diverse cognitive ways of thinking, making sure that you're balancing those teams and um, it would be more business focused. That sounds interesting though. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I've talked about for the last 15 years, innovation and how to get into action and, you know, how to change habits. So the big departure for me is this trust your animal instincts book that's coming out because it's going to be a big shock for people that know me as, you know, a professional um, that's speaking about professional innovation. And um, I'm excited. Yeah. You're throwing yourself out there. It's personal this time. Ooh, girl, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it'll be worth it. If it just helps one person, you know, um, whenever I, I posted this video on, on LinkedIn recently about shedding your skin and I was holding a snake when I did the video and um, someone looked me up that I didn't even know, sent me flowers and a note and said, you know, this changed my life. Wow. I um, have been wearing a hat for the last 15 years, literally, because I've been balding. Oh. And, um, you know, I realized I need to be who I am and shed my skin. And he shaved his head and um, just felt liberated by yeah. this whole notion of this is holding me back and let it go. So, um, you know, that's what it's about. It's not about money. It's not about um, any kind of agenda that uh, I'm trying to push. It's about helping people change their own lives. Yeah. To be who they were meant to be. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. How can people find you? I know you mentioned your website earlier. Are you on social media too? I am on social media. Uh, my website is powering-potential.com. And uh, Tabitha A. Scott on LinkedIn. It's interesting. There's a Tabitha Scott that writes witch books, and that is not me. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Thanks for the clarity there. <laughs> even though Tabitha is a name from the show Bewitched, um, yeah. you know, it was the daughter. But uh, that's not me. So Tabitha A. Scott. Yeah. And um, yes, I'm on um, Twitter. I'm on um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of that. Awesome. So just check out Powering Potential on social media and uh, you can backtrack to me. Awesome. I will put all that in the show notes. What do you want to leave the listeners with? Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to make sure that they hear? Yeah, I think the thing that I want to leave them with is that no matter what you were born into, you know, we're, we're born into different geographies and different beliefs we're born into different ways of thinking and we grow to look different from each other and we have different education and we have different definitions of success. I want to say that no matter whether you're Methodist or Baptist or Buddhist, like we are all energists, right? We're all born of the same exact energy. And I think it's a message of coming together and realizing it doesn't matter all of those things that we get so upset about, at the end of the day, just remember that you are the same beautiful energy as everyone else and every creature and every plant and that you are absolutely beautiful and absolutely loved. I love that. Yes. All right, everybody. And thank you so much for your time, Tabitha. I really appreciate all your wisdom and Everybody run out and get the book on Amazon, Trust Your Animal Instincts, around August 18th, 19th. Yes. 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 Thank you so much, Amy, for having me and to your listeners. And I really love what you all are doing and, and sharing about health and wellness. So thank you so much. This has been great. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. All right, everybody. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all next week.